first I was afraid, I was petrified. Thinking how I can live at you by my side. And then I've seen so long. Oh, it's worked. Seems to have worked. Oh, good Lord. Um, This is Spokesbury. Welcome to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme as we look at episode one all the way to 401. This week we are covering episode 125, which means we are doing our Mount Rushmore. And we're also covering a mystery episode for a bizarre network error. Error, error, error. error. Interesting little tidbit. Oh, by the way, I'm Paul. Hi, everyone. I'm with Jay and Griff. Say hello, Jay and Griff. Did you just call him Chris? Griff. Oh. But I couldn't be bothered to open my mouth, so it's sort of like for us. It just sounded weird. That, uh, it would have been a weird point at 125 to start you know, calling him Chris. It I know is. he hasn't said hello, but I'll say hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, that's not Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> You're Jay. I'm Paul. I am. It's Pitbull Free. Oh, so interesting. Last week, Chris hmm. made a point of saying about the numbers not being on the shows anymore. And Jay said about it. And I was just like, hey, I'm not a but I'm pretty sure I can add two on every week. <laughs> and this week, I've got no idea what number it is. See, yeah, I mean, hmm. yeah, I mean, thinking about it, is that technically one, two, five? Yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, well, maybe not one, two, six. It's not one, two, six. One, two, six is the week after. This is, but basically, because of network error, after one, two, five, it shows the 12th of September, 1998. So it's probably that episode. 302 or something. Potentially. And so we thought, well, should we just skip it and go to September the 19th? But we thought, you know what? What's the beginning bit? It seems quite exciting. We might as well just look at it and have a look into the future. Be rude not to. That's what we did. So we're looking at the 12th of September 1995 and the 12th of September 1998. We built a time machine. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. We've got ourselves a time machine. And also, we're doing Mount Rushmore. We are. Uh, so let's start with the 12th of September, 1995. Episode 125, Club ECW. Has anyone joined Club ECW? No, but I got interested. They said we're bringing it back. I didn't know there was a club. I don't remember. Us... Yeah, I don't remember it being something before. It's the original, um, the only club. Oh, yeah. before the club, before the club. Before so the... it's interesting because you know we talk about everything being inspired by ECW, um, yeah. and Progress Wrestling is very honest about being inspired by ECW, um, all the way through. Jim Smallman. Um, has said many a time, if there wasn't an ECW, there wouldn't have been a progress. Um, but Progress Wrestling, uh, over the last couple of years, has been so- selling season tickets to their shows. So you can buy, you can pay up front and you, you, you buy your ticket for the year. Um, and looking at Club ECW and you paying your 100 bucks or whatever it was and getting four seats to the ECW arena, four tickets for four shows at the ECW arena, um, yeah, inspired. I've been inspired. I'm going to sell um, season tickets for the podcast. 
on Zazzle. On Zazzle, well, sorry. Thing yeah. I don't think we've got the, the discount codes for Zazzle, so we can't do 20% off merch. Um, although the merch at Zazzle.com search sports arena is uh, definitely worth the full price. Yeah, maybe it's actually at slash sports arena. Let me change it. Just search sports arena. <laughs> Don't either get otherwise. Could buy anything. Any kind of riff raff. Um, See, this episode's a club ECW. That's the thing. We're all going to go. That's exciting and sitting in the arena. Really? Yes. Yeah, it'd be nice. We've got highlights of the few between Raven, Stevie, Richard. Did we get the highlights? So I've got the show notes, and a lot was cut out of this show, I must be said. We had real teaser that Rey Mysterio and Psychosis are coming. Yeah, by showing like a match room. So, uh... Rey Mysterio looked really skinny. It's like, oh my God, looks like a baby. Still baby, booyaka, booyaka. Still baby. <laughs> and then we had the Pitbulls. Yep. The Joey Styles. With a really basically... sensible promo. Oh, yeah. It so is, but then... This is because on. on the original show, there's basically a highlight video showing the feud between Raven, Stevie, and the Pitbulls. To hey man, nice shot. So, so that's been cut out of here, and it's gone straight to the Pitbulls interview. Yeah, because this show is only thirty-three minutes, which I sort of question, but a lot's been cut out of it. But I'll... I do think it's quite a short episode. Yeah, they cut loads yeah. out, but I'll, I'll tell you the bits that are cut out when we get to them. Sorry, Pitbulls interview. Yeah, the people's going to come up, and obviously they're they're coming for the tag team titles. Yeah, they they've admitted they're they're, they're a bit vulnerable before, and like stupid, they weren't focused. That's the word. They were focused um, on revenge. Yes, and basically, if they don't win the titles, they will split up, and ECW rules means it'll happen. Yeah, see, I feel this is a really bizarre stipulation to put on yourself. Yeah. This should be like, we'll give you another title match, but if you lose this time, you've got to split up. And they're like, oh, God, if we got to. Yeah, for them to put it on themselves. Yeah, rather go, if we lose, we're splitting up. Yeah. And in ECW, you know, it definitely happens. It's like, why are you doing this to yourself? Did Bad oh, Breed put it on It's a dog collar match as well. Sorry? Bad Breed? Did the Bad Breed put it on themselves? No, they're both, both the either teams, whoever lost, would have to split up. Yeah, that was because. This is... ECW wasn't big enough for all of the teams, so yeah, it's the hottest feud in wrestling that no one saw. That's one way like, like this is the biggest feud that's been going on for two weeks. Yeah, and whoever loses, they have to split up, and they have to be fair, and held them to it to the yeah. point where they ended up just bludgeoning each other with with glass because of awkward. it. That was unnecessarily awkward. Yeah, um, so yeah, but it was a very moment. non-shouty promo. Mm, it's good, they're focused. The it was Whisper. Here. Whisper. Dudley Dudley makes his way to the ring with Big Dick Dudley and you sort of get a Highway to Hell remix. I liked it. Yeah, I was surprised this wasn't dubbed. I think it was. Yeah, it was. It wasn't Highway to Hell. Yeah, I think it was their, their version of. Yeah, it was like similar enough to see you think it was, but it wasn't the same. Mm. But I thought it was clever. Then we got a Cactus Jack promo. Um, who fancies talking about this little bad boy? I do. <gasps> Is that shocking? I just thought I'd add to it. Um, so, I, I mean, the, the crux of it was about how, um, you know, the, this this terminology of hardcore, and by hardcore, it it automatically means you give up yourself. 
um, which is weird. Um, and he, it's him doing his anti-hardcore kind of movement, uh, talking about how Tommy Dreamer has been given an opportunity. He's been given an invite by Raven uh, to uh, to leave, to, to walk away from um, uh, this hardcore lifestyle. And he name checks a load of wrestlers. He's, he talks about, I can't remember the first one he talks about, but he talks about Harley Race. He talked about Dynamite Kid and he talked about Eddie Gilbert. And he talked about how they gave so much of their body that there isn't anything left. Um, you know, has anyone ever phoned Dynamite Kid and said, you know, hey man, just to say thank you for jumping off onto doing headbutts onto concrete? Um, and, you know, who said to Eddie Gilbert when he was covered in blood to, to stop and, and things like that? So he's, um, he's pleading with Tommy not to be hardcore and to accept Raven's way out of this life for him. Um, yeah, really good. And yeah, agree. Advice. I'm very confident he's going to take. I, I think so. I, I would imagine that we're not going to see him doing these style of matches for for much longer. But if we want to hear exactly what he says, we've got to listen to the hotline later on and get his official response. Yes. So we'll be tuning into that later on. Uh, we get the match between Tommy Dreamer and Dudley Dudley. They were given a bit of time. There was a cane shot to the balls. Yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of testicular focus from Tommy Dreamer in this match. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, the the old wrestling adage of you know, find a body part and work work them down through it. I've never seen someone choose the 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 bollocks as that body part to to work through. Although looking at it, don't know why. Gets the job done, doesn't it? Yeah. Pretty aggressive. Um, yeah, Dudley Dudley was down and beaten. The old big dick put his foot on the bottom rope. So Dreamer went all wild and started fighting with him. But yeah, ended up Dreamer winning. Yeah. And we were introduced to a new Dudley member. Some sort of sign guy, Dudley. The very same. Looks very young. Um, yep. The, the, the future Louis Dangerously. Um, yeah. Yeah, very, very young. Um, not the most inspiring of signs. Um, but, yeah, there, there is now a fourth Dudley in the, the runt, in the, in the litter. It, the brotherhood yeah, is growing. It's, it's getting very close to being ECW's own seven dwarves, except Big Dick Dudley is, I don't know, he's still fairly small for a big guy. Yeah, so this is where we had the large chunks cut out. On the proper show, you got highlights of the cat fight between Bueller and Francine. That was cut. Uh, fan cam footage of Francine attacking Stevie Richards, apparently. That was cut out. Highlights of what happened why. last week between Bill Alfonso and Paulie Dangerously. That has been cut out on the old Dangerous Zone, or whatever it is. And highlights of two gold Scorpion Dean Malenko breaking Taz's neck again. That's been cut out. I mean, I could only imagine, although your notes would say this, was that to some sort of song that they've kind of done this mega pack on and it just couldn't be bothered to it, it. It, it doesn't say to this, but I think it must have been. Normally, the only 
thing that ever came out each week is something to, like you said, a popular song that they can't change because there would have been promos as it went on, so they, they couldn't take it out. And then, did we, did we get the promo? We didn't get the promo from Too Cold, did we? No, we got a promo from Taz, but yeah, not no, Too so Cold. We then had a promo from Too Cold Scorpio. There was then fan cam footage of Too Cold being Eddie Guerrero for the TV title. And then we got the He's Back promo from Taz. So all that was cut out, which would have been about 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. So that makes sense. So yeah, really weird stuff to cut out because it's it's not like anything we haven't seen before. As you say, it must have been some kind of music video. Yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't dub it. They couldn't dub it and have the interview talking at the same time or something. Well, yeah. So that's all. That's all gone. Um, yeah. So Taz is coming back. You want Scorpio? That's pretty yeah, much I'd be, I'd be worried if I was Scorp Dog. <laughs> But wasn't Scorpio his first match when he turned into Taz anyway? I think so. Let's play it back. Let's get it going. Yeah, just kept the feud going. I mean, it doesn't... It's funny because he's, you know, coming back, he doesn't feel like he's been gone a long time because of the mm-hmm. way the timings, the, the shows have been kind of spread out. So, you know, I know that he was gone for you know nine months or so, yeah. but it feels like a couple of weeks, especially considering um, that he has been on TV a lot with the Steiners trying to break his neck by fucking around with him. Hugging and slugging. Speaking of those Steiner brothers. Those gosh damn Steiners. They're up next in tag team action against two Cole Scorpion and a mystery partner who just so happens to be Christopher Benoit, who I assume would be in WCW right now, but he's not. Yeah, I, I was expecting him to. I, I thought he would have gone over at the same sort of time, if not had already gone over, and therefore had. That's why he disappeared. Yeah, I mean, do you think this is his send-off match? Um, it's got to be near enough because he's pretty much the same sort of time, isn't he? I always thought so. I always thought they kind of went as a group. But I thought, doesn't he have a couple of WWE trials? Or is it before or after? Because, like I said, he was originally meant to be the ringmaster, so I'm sure he must have been somewhere at this point. Well, Steve Austin hasn't um, come to ECW yet before he even goes to. I, yeah. I know he's coming. I know he's coming. Yeah, so maybe. Well, I don't know how long before he was meant to be in, but I'm sure he works a couple of. So he was in WCW for 92, 93. Yeah. He was then in ECW 94, 95. Yeah. I'm sure I saw him in WWE wearing like zebra pants. Ben Moss spent some time in ECW feuding with the Steiner brothers and rekindling the feud with two cold Scorpio. He was forced to leave ECW as his, when his work visa expired. Uh... Heyman was supposed to renew it but failed to make it on time, so Ben left as a matter of job security. Classic. And then he joins WCW. That's part of the talent exchange from New Japan. Ah. Mental. Mental, mental. Yeah, so basically this match, the main story is Scorpio and Benoit seem to be having a few issues, um, as in like sort of not tagging in and 
not really getting along as a team because they're not really a team. Steiner Brothers looking pretty decent. It has made me want to go back and watch some old Steiner Brother matches in WCW, not so much WWE. It, it makes me think, why did WWE release the Steiner Brothers? Yeah. Um, like, so well, there's they... a little bit about that on one of the um, uh, Something to Wrestle podcasts and things like that. So they just weren't happy with the money they were making and thought they could make more in Japan and um, uh, WCW. There you go. Satisfied? Yeah. I know, that, I know they're in the Survivor Series match with Lex Luger and... Oh, who's the fourth member? Uh, Undertaker. Was it Undertaker? Undertaker with his flag in his coat. Yeah, the All-Americans versus the Un-Americans. Yeah, I remember that. Who are the Un-Americans? Then Yokozuna. Yeah. Owen Hart. Was it the Mountie? No. Owen Hart. No. And who were the Quebecers? Oh, Ludwig Borger. Yeah. Maybe it was the Quebecers. I was going to say head shrinkers, but it might be the Quebecers. I remember the Quebec because I remember the whole. It was the whole. I know it's Thanksgiving anyway. I remember the promo posters. The yeah, it was the Quebecers eating the turkey. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, oh, crazy. I know. But yeah, I then, that must have been their last. Like, I think they vanished after that. Maybe that's the last night. Must have been around. Well, that would have been um, November, though. I suppose they were in Japan, wouldn't it? So it yeah, yeah, it must have been around that sort of time. Yeah, I was going to go back and watch. Um, I think it's Halloween Havoc 1990 with them against the Nasty Boys. That's a pretty wild match. It's worth watching before Scott starts taking all the roids. Before Scott starts beefing up, like big pump and pump. Hello, if you hear me. He starts losing his hair. Never. He's the man. He didn't lose it. He just dyed it blonde and you couldn't see it. There's a difference. I miss the mullet. She have a blonde mullet. Um, Yeah, so they basically go back and forth. It ends up with Scorpio leaving Benoit. The Steiner brothers keep beating Benoit down, but he does not kick out. So they put him on Rick's shoulders and Scott decides to DDT him off the top, which looked naughty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good explanation for it. It just yeah. The, cri- spots, the crippler got crippled. Yeah. There there are some spots where you're you're happy that it's twenty years later and you know that nobody dies. But if like this appeared on like takeover, you would be like you don't have to do this. This is live. I'm not comfortable watching this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've, we've had enough of those during the years. Yeah, just a DDT off someone's shoulders from the top rope just is as horrific as what it sounds. It's crazy. But then again, I suppose at least it wasn't a Skyner screwdriver. Yeah, they were always scary. Have you, have you ever scary. seen a Skyner screwdriver, Griff? No, but they sound horrific. It is. It's pretty bad. I want to see if I can find you. A video like live. It must be something. Does Rick Steiner still wrestle? Uh, I thought we had like a real estate company, didn't we? Yeah, and school board or something. Yeah. I remember him feuding with Chucky. <laughs> that was memories. That was memories. Fucking hell. That's crazy. That's Have you found one? 
must be. <laughs> right, I've found one that I'm going to send. Yeah, I found a quick one. I'm going to send to him so he can watch it live. Oh, here we go. Hopefully the sound doesn't come up on the recording. It's all right. Do you want me to do a film review? As we, we, we wait, I watched Lion King the other day. Oh, as it's, it. as it's school holidays. How'd you find it? Um, it, it was uh, it was fine. Concussion City. I don't think you saw it. I did. So uh, I've sent him a gif through Twitter. Oh, that's loud as. The video plays. It's all right. I can't really hear it. I'm sure it's riveting for people listening. Sorry, everyone. Lion. <laughs> Talk about Lion King so, and Screwdriver. Yeah, so Lion King was uh, a great film. Yeah. Good review. All right, so basically this match, Dynasty, <laughs> they win. Um, we then get a promo by Public Enemy where they are bizarrely talking about Rey Mysterio coming. Yeah, yeah. Their entire thing was just Talk pushing that their homies, Ray Mysterio and Psychosis, were coming in. Yeah, it felt really awkwardly odd. It was just, it was just a shill. Yeah, it sounds weird. We had the gangsters then talking about the public enemy. Then we cut to the Sandman talking about people aren't extreme enough to fight him. Same as we heard. Then we go back to the gangsters again. Then we're back to Mikey saying he's about to become a man. And, and then the show just ended. 33 minutes. So obviously they yeah. wanted to see the 19th of September 1995. But that was the next episode on the network. Like after this one, which we then suddenly jumped to the 12th of September 1998. And we were going to skip it. But we watched the intro video. And you know what? To be fair, it was like a pretty decent episode. So we thought, sod it. I know we'll get there, but let's have a little look into the future, the kind of things we can expect. Yeah. I suppose it all started where I, yeah. I believe I, I watched this first. And basically, I said, I literally was watching, and literally a minute in, like, strange enough, it started off with the intro video, whereas usually, got to wait 10 minutes and then we get intro video. And I was like, RVD's here, what's going on? It actually on? started off with a zombie, didn't it? Yep, it did actually, did. yeah. And the first ever ECW CD. Which time is it going? They didn't bring out a CD for another three years. Yeah. Gotta wait for that. Do you own that CD? Um, no, but I remember seeing it in HMV. It was part of my public enemy box set. <laughs> it was the bonus disc. It was a bonus disc. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> But yeah, I remember sitting in HMV and thinking, oh my God, that's so cool, but not buying it. And I really wish I had. Can you imagine if you owned it now? Yeah, no. It'd be perfect. Well, it would be perfect. <laughs> I could sit here and listen to it and you'd be like, I know that song. Except you probably wouldn't because we've not heard any of them because they're all dubbed over. Yeah, that's also. But is, is this the one that had things like Harry and the Slash Tones? Um, no, this is the one where it had like popular vans but doing so I think it was like Motorhead doing a cover of Enter Sandman and things like that and I can't remember who did um, Walk it wasn't Pantera uh, it wasn't Pantera but yeah there was a wasn't it's not is it ECW Kill Extreme Kill Music ECW Extreme Music yeah. yeah this is it ECW Extreme Music is a compilation album of songs related to 
Extreme Championship Wrestling during the late 1990s. The album released in 1998 through CMC International. So This is Extreme by Harry Slash and Slash Tones. Yeah. El Fantasmo and the Chicken Run Blaster Rama, White Zombie. Yeah. Walk by Pantera. Trust by Megadeth. The Zoo. Bruce Dickinson and Roy Zed. Enter Sandman. Lemmy featuring Zebrahead. Yeah, see, I know it's Motorhead. But strange enough, Rob Zombie ain't even on this. He's White Zombie, isn't he? Well, it's a different band altogether. Is he White Zombie? Yeah, he was the lead singer. He's the lead singer of White Zombie. I just always thought he was Rob Zombie and White Zombie was a different band altogether. That's all good, isn't it? That is <laughs> uh, Big Balls by ACDC. Hey. I know, actually, no, sorry, by Muscadin, originally performed by ACDC. Oh. Haku Blues, Harry Slash and That's the Slash Times. Kick Out the Jams, Monster Magnet. Yeah. Heard It on the X, Trez Diablos. Phantom Lord by Anthrax. Yeah. It's all the classics. That was it. Oh, the wrestlers on the album cover was the Sandman. Each track also had a short introduction in the CD booklet by a different selected wrestler. If you own this CD, get in touch. We want to see this booklet. <laughs> was this the one with Sandman on the cover, or is that the next one? This is the one with Sandman on the cover. Okay, cool. With barbed wire around his head and, yeah, the white and a cigarette out of his yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. I know the one. And every yeah. single song starts with one, two, one, two, three, hip it. <laughs> Doing it because <laughs> they're all dubbed yeah. over with uh, yeah. the shitty WWE versions. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Apart from Raven's theme, that's pretty good. I remember enjoying that. Anyway, so, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, so Bill Alfonso hits the ring and says he wants to call in a favor and he calls out Taz. And Taz comes out, and my god, obviously, we ignore the whole Bill Alfonso thing, <laughs> but. Taz is a confident motherfucker in a couple of years. He's like a... <laughs> this is the Taz. This is the Taz we know. This was so weird. It's this just... is, it was like you know, Alice falling into Wonderland suddenly, just like this really bizarre. And, uh, everything had just gone fucked. It was incredible. The only thing that stayed the same between the last episode and this episode <laughs> is the crowd. Crikey, the must have season tickets. <laughs> yeah, I was there still. Literally, the whole front row is exactly the same people. Yeah. Which is funny because the entire arena looks as if it's been modernised and, I mean, not hugely, but as in more space put in and more people in there. It's packed compared to what we're seeing in 95. But you're right. You, you can still see the first, like, 20 faces are exactly the fucking same they are they are ride or die been the there since day one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know like 95 is not bad but man there's a hell of a lot more energy in 98 isn't there yeah i think they're all all of a sudden they're like proud you know what they obviously get ecw obviously picks up and gets recognized it, yeah just yeah i mean well, 98 would be kind of like the height of yeah, um, and and you can see that from just the names on the card, just through and through and through. Um, although there's, there's some really bizarre people on this card. Yeah, I was going to rock paper scissors someone to get straight to '98 and just read out. I'll just do a long three-hour podcast where I just read out the results for the next couple of years. <laughs> That'd be perfect. 
Um, yeah, so basically, Bill Alfonso, the ring, calls out Taz. He wants to call in a favour and say about starting a new triple threat, which brings out the old triple threat. But they're not the old triple threat. They're a new triple threat to us. It's the triple threat with obviously Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Shane gets in the ring with his long hair, shouts out, cut the fucking music, which is a tremendous start. Um, then they sort of just go which off. Which is classic franchise. Yeah, Taz has obviously got his FTW belt, which he brought back a couple of shows ago, I think it was. And he's just like, Shane's like, I don't recognise that belt. And Taz was like, you would love to have this belt. And he's, no, he won't. And then there was an NWA throwing down reference, which I got because we've seen it. I know anyway. But um, yeah, so that happened. And then it sort of all kicked off a bit. Then Sabu and Rob Van Dam came running out and it's super cool to see them. Oh, it's just great. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, so good. Bill Alfonso was cutting a promo on Francine, who is in her rightful place next to the franchise. Um, uh, and talking about how much um, she wants to sleep with him and various other things. Um, the triple threat then jumped Taz and beat the crap out of him. Um, bam, bam, hitting splashes off the top rope. Uh, looked awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, once Taz had been suitably destroyed, Sabu and RVD ran in for the save. Um, and they're setting up um, a match that, you know, I know is 23 years old, 21 years old, but has me salivating of... Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Candido, and Shane Douglas versus Taz, Sabu, and Rob Van Dam. Yeah, I mean, you've got to do something. That's a, that's a crazy main event. Crazy main event. We've got to work about eight years to watch. <laughs> Only three. <laughs> and um, does that happen? That's, that's a crazy beginning to the show. We then get a, a little view of, obviously, Chris Candido and Lance Storm. Lance Storm! Lance Storm. So um, we had Tammy since okay, Sonny, and Tammy then Bitch, future owner as Dawn Marie, got in it. We then got a promo by Lance Storm and Tammy then Bitch. And Storm's wearing a Job Squad 316 shirt, which I really liked and want. <laughs> I don't even really get it, but I just wanted it. <laughs> it should make no sense, but I thought, what a cool fucking shirt. I'd wear that better than that snowman shirt I bought off him. But, um, Yes, yeah, so I never knew he wrestled in ECW. Who Lance Storm? Yeah. Are you mean? Oh my god! I <sighs> thought he was a WCW guy up to like obviously. The... Oh, he was. He, he does some incredible stuff in ECW. This is a whole big thing. The other day, like on their website in the alumni section, he's known as a WCW guy, and people are just like, "What? He made his name in ECW?" It's like, no. So. And actually spent longer in. I mean, it was it was incredible because I think Lance Storm tweeted about it, and the actual length of time of his career was incredibly short compared. To, I, I think it was only about you know eight years or something. I think it was something like three years in ECW or two years in ECW, two and a half years in WCW, and three and a half years in WWE. Because hmm. his thing was, you know, I made my name in ECW. I had spent more time in WWE. But I'm a WCW guy. However, 
if you think about where he held the most championships, then that's got to be WCW. He held everything apart from the world title at the same time, didn't he? At the same time, yeah. Yeah. Mental. We then get Shane Douglas and Francine going mental with Joey Styles. Everyone shouting. Then we get Mikey Ripprick still going strong versus Jerry Lynn. There's all big spoilers about him potentially winning a belt. That was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. And then sort of they stopped the spoiler and I thought, oh, sweet, he doesn't say it. Griff's not going to pick up on it. And then he just continued where he left off and made sure he got it in there. So that was good. Um, Fun match. Jerry Lynn on, ended up winning. Sort of a hurricane runner off the top. So he sort of reversed. Then ended up like, pinning through. Rolled through and got the pin. So, uh, I mean, it was a... Cool. It was a good match. It was a match that... Um, I loved seeing Mikey Whitbreck in because, you know, three years long, he doesn't look like he's changed much. Um, except just got better. Um, seeing Jerry Lynn for the first time in a while, you know, reminded me how much um, uh, I, I was a huge Jerry Lynn fan, especially the matches with him and RVD that come up. Um, was it the whole fucking show and the big fucking deal? Or was that Rhino? Rhino was the um, the big effing deal, wasn't it? And Jerry Lynn was the new effing show. Uh. Um, and I don't know whether it's because I was punch drunk from the time jump or or, or what, um, but this match kind of fell a little flat for me. Do you want? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that it didn't. Obviously, maybe it's because it was cold. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I wanted to see a, a Jerry Lynn RVD or a Jerry Lynn just incredible. Those sort of matches I remember. Watching him, it wasn't awful. No, and this is the thing: it wasn't a bad match. It's just it it didn't it didn't grab me. It didn't do it it didn't do the stuff I was expecting it to do. I I I found myself looking at at the timelines and trying to work out when the next match would come up. Um, It I don't think it held me my attention as much as the Steiners and Scorpion and Benoit did. Yeah, I think although it's a better match, obviously. Yeah, I think um, the sad thing was like he's not a dig at like Mikey, but I felt like because we jumped forward, and then the main sort of match was almost like Mikey again. I was a bit like, oh, I kind of was hoping we'd get you know Jerry Lynn versus Lance Storm or something completely random. Yeah, in the future, not just someone who I've seen wrestle every week as it is. Totally. And it's not a dig on him, but it's just what it felt like. I was just like, oh, I wish this was the one week there wasn't a, you know, a Mikey Whitrow match. I've taken Jerry Lynn versus Danny Doring, just as it was like new or fresh. Yeah. So it just felt a bit like that. So yeah, Jerry won. We then got Tommy Dreamer versus the, the Danny Doring. He was accompanied by a couple of people, and I have no idea who these people are. Well, all I can think of is obviously he says it's a gauntlet match, and I'm like, crikey, nothing changes. Toby Dreamer taking on loads of people, like he must just upset people. Yeah, just gubbins of of like a load of people running in to to be beaten up and run away. So it was Danny. It was him versus Danny Doring. Yeah, he was trying to fight to get to Jack Victory. Yeah, Jack Victory is the 
is one of the enforcers for Mr. Wright. Yeah. However, also in this court, this match was the equalizer. Yeah. And the Canadian Tiger. Great. Man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just a lot going on. Yeah, Jack Dickens, um, by the way, is old the terror from the other week, Griff. Yep. The terror's oh, terror. Yeah. yeah. Just going to call him the terror. But yeah. It was his gimmick. I know. But... Anyway, so Daddy Doreen and some guys end up, yeah, Tommy Dreamer beat up everyone. Uh, Nova and Menia. No, no, no. What? This was No Jack and Meany Mustafa. Oh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> oh, oh no, my I'm god, not... 98 is so excited. I can't wait to get there. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I don't really. They made no effort, did they? So I don't really. It was no room. Well, the music played. They came out with a pail, a garbage pail full of weapons. Yeah, which they couldn't even get in the ring. Yeah. It just kind of got awkward. The only thing was a tribute at the end. And everyone, everyone dancing, I thought, was quite good. I thought the music was proper. Funky, and they're all just getting down to it. No, read some moves. Tommy Dreamer in this. I mean, him doing his kind of like you know, fist out crucifix pose and his dancing. Um, just looked kind of dad like in three years. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he just he just came across a little bit goofy compared to. You know the, the the innovator of violence we're watching at the moment. He looks like um, he's just having fun a lot more. Yeah, which is like, he feels a lot more comfortable in his surroundings. Obviously, Taz is a lot more confident, and Shane's retired from being a school teacher, and there's all, <laughs> all kinds of stuff happening. School stuff, nice little thing to wrap though, around his arm. One thing I did take from this: the old blue light special. What a tremendous finisher that was! Yeah. Enjoyed that. They hit down a couple of people. It's all meany, almost sort of holding someone. Yeah, he does um, it into a wheelbarrow. No, like a wheelbarrow. Then he lifts him up and Nova jumps in and DDTs him down. I mean, Nova, I remember from the bits that we've seen, I remember Nova being a really innovative wrestler. A lot of really innovative moves, really exciting to watch, especially when he comes into his own in kind of the, the, the 99s, 2000s, when he stops kind of the the gimmicky stuff and goes more into kind of the wrestling kind of side on things. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't a fan of him here. I wasn't a fan with the, the dancing and the strutting and all the rest of it. He he just, Nova did, I mean, you know, Meanie does all of that, but that's Meanie. You know, I, there's something about that that makes perfect sense to me. Um, no Jack. Um, not so much. Does he always come out with the Captain America shield or? No. No, I mean, he was like one of the first comic book geeks in it. So obviously the name's comic book related. He did a lot of like Green Lantern stuff and a few other bits. So he did have like a comic book geek thread all the way through. Mm. But no, the, the uh, you know, very weird kind of you know watching it in 2019 with Endgame being the the most um, 
the the, the film that's earned the most money in the world ever. Um, and he's there with the Captain America shield, so it feels kind of like ahead of his time, kind of thing. But back, back then, Captain America sucked. Yeah. But back then, I was I was collecting I was collecting comics, and Captain America weren't cool. No, but then again, you know, he most was the of cy- the art... he was like the Cyclops and the Goody and the Leonardo kind <sighs> of. He was just like, don't don't really. What's wrong with Cyclops? Well, um, what's right with Cyclops? <laughs> um. Yeah, but then again, you know, Iron Man was no one until the Marvel Cinematic Universe made Iron Man into someone. He was, he was never a kind of a, a first string. But he wasn't uncool to like. He, he was. War Machine was cooler. War Machine yes. was amazing, especially in the games. Just yeah, War Machine was loads cooler. But yeah, Captain America was all stars and stripes. Oh, well, we've covered everything in this episode, haven't we? We're all over the place. It's perfect. We really are. Good. Um, yeah, so basically they had a little dance. I enjoyed the dance. It didn't make any sense, but I thought it was good. Then they started doing, obviously, the X, um, tributing to New Jack, who I imagine must have broken his leg or something, or a rib, or... Because something's happened, because they were basically paying tribute to him, so he must have got injured. Mm. Um, Taken got out by Mr. Wright. It was. Masato Tanaka versus Bam Bam Bigelow, that beast from the east. Beast from the east. A uh, fun match. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously the Masato Tanaka um, matches that I'm more aware of are him and Mike Awesome. Yep. Um, which are just Very ridiculous. Old Mikey. Um, but this one was, was fun. very good to see. I, I um, enjoy very much ECW Bam Bam Bigelow. Yep. Forget how well he moves around the ring. Yeah, I know. He's um, extremely agile for a big man. Definitely. The fact he would have headlined Mania only like two years before, two or three years before this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it would have been around, wouldn't it? Yeah, because WrestleMania 12. I, I, I would have thought again, like if the company's going to put him in a main event, I'm guessing he left again to make more money, and he wasn't released. He was, I'd imagine, he left on his own accord. Well, no, I that, don't it, think so. I think he had issues, didn't he, with some of um, the click? Right. Oh, okay. I think there was a whole. Well, you don't really know. You hear stories of like power play and and things like that. So. Yeah, yeah he never held. With... He never held a main belt, did he? No, no. Did he even hold even tag know. belts? He hold anything? I say he didn't hold any kind of lower he tier. He wasn't or... champions with Tatanka, was he? In the Million Dollar Corporation? No, he was. No, no. Yeah. He didn't nothing. Wasn't that more one two three kid? That was Mike Gillette, a one two three kid. Ah, uh, you sold out. That's weird. I think he didn't hold any belts at all. Just got destroyed by Lawrence Taylor. He did, but that weird forearm off the second rope. Was he tag team champion in WCW with the Jazzy Triad? Yeah. Yeah, it was. The Canyon and DDP, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think he might be hardcore champion. Not that I made that up, he probably wasn't. But, um, yeah, no, so I suppose he had that. But, yeah. He won a Slammy Award for Best Head with Gene Oakland in 1987. Best head. That's what he says. 
Has he, has he got the best head? <laughs> Says Sla- Slammy Wolf, the best head, 1987 with Gene Aikland. That's the only thing he's got with WWE. 1987? Jesus. That's his first run. That was like Survivor Series 1 kind of territory. And in 1993, he famously won Wrestling Observer Newsletter's worst worked match of the year with Bastion Booger and the Hedgeringers versus the Bushwhackers and Men on a Mission at Survivor Series. Sounds like a bad burner to me. And did you know he holds a mixed martial arts record? Yeah. 0-1. He fought Kimo. Oh, I was going to say, Brownie boys, yeah, Kimo Leopolda. I say he won Rookie of the Year in 1987, won what completely? Yep. Jerry Lawler, Paul Heyman, Studio Fifty Four. Oh fuck you, Wikipedia. Oh. So Paul Heyman's first pro- first wrestling show he promoted, he was working for Studio Fifty Four. Gave uh, Ric Flair, I think it was Man of the Year award. Man of the um, I think it was Ric Flair. It was Ric Flair or Dusty? It was NWA. I know they were trying to negotiate with Hogan, but just kept being pushed off, so I went across to WCW um, and put on uh, a load of matches and got them to come down to Studio 54. And um, he gave an in-ring debut to uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Scott Bigelow. Same Scott Bigelow. Who went on to such... Hmm. <laughs> That's all he wrote. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Scott. He went on to suck. And he just left. <laughs> Nick closure to that story. What the... He is. You need to get him back. He's back. He's back. I am. I'm back. I think. Maybe. Oh. Nice to rejoin. Just thought you just had enough and just. Yeah. Is he back? I don't know. I can hear you, but I don't know. Well, we can hear you. If you can hear us and we can hear you, then you're back. Can you hear me? Am I still going? You are still going. Can you I don't know what's going on. Let's go. Quick. Let's let's keep talking before Anchor realises that this has gone wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bam Bam Bigelow won. So that ends yes. that show, which we'll watch again probably in the future. Uh, <laughs> right, Mount Rushmore time. I did have a look, by the way, and this episode is not, well, it doesn't use the same steel in 98. So um, it's either going to be missing, in which case, I think it's missing. an episode doesn't make up. We're like, oh, I know where that episode is. Well, they've got, they've got, you know, it's going to take us like a year and a half to get there. So they've got a while before they uh, need, they need to correct it for us. I don't mind. I tweeted them. They haven't even, yeah, whatever. They still got you on the block list. Yeah. Yeah, slags. Well, that's why. Um, so, Mount Rushmore. Indeed. One, two, five. Uh, my headphones working. 
Yes. Yeah. Cool. I've just put them in because my speaker went off. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Right. Do you want to go through every 25 that we've done? Have you got them? Yeah, of course. Do it. Right. The first 25, I went for Hunter Q. Robinson III, Terry Funk, Paulie Dangerously, and Tommy Cairo. Jay went for Eddie Gilbert, Hunter Q, Sal, and Tommy Cairo. Griff went for Hunter Q, Hitman, Tommy Cairo, and JT Smith. What a group of names in that first list. Brings it back. At episode 50, I went for Shane Douglas, Sabu, Pat Tanaka, and Joey Styles. Jay went for Terry Funk, Sabu, Matt in the house, and Public Enemy. Oh, Matt to Matt on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Griff went for Shane Douglas, Sabu, JT Smith again, and Public Enemy. At 75, I went for Cactus Jack, Sandman and Woman, Jason, and Shane Douglas. Jay went for Public Enemy, Jason, Sandman and Woman, and 911. Oh. Griff went for Shane Douglas, Mikey Whitbrick, Jason, and Sandman and Woman. Episode 100, so the last one, I went for Cactus Jack, Sandman and Woman, 911 slash Heyman, and Public Enemy. Jay went for Cactus Jack, Sandman and Woman, 911 slash Heyman, and Public Enemy. Exactly the same. Griff went for Cactus Jack, Dean Malenko, Public Enemy, and the Sandman, but not with women. So that's scary. Here we are. It is scary. Um, and there were some predictions as well. Oh, gold. Jay predicted that Raven will be in someone's 125. And Griff predicted that the Shearer brothers would be in someone's 125. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a typo. I think you said the Steiner brothers. You just spelled it wrong. I think I said the Steiner brothers. <laughs> it's going to work out. Well, either way. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, there we go. See, I keep notes these things, don't I? It's uh, very impressive that you. that you get the notes. And and the, the sad thing there is, you know, for us to have Public Enemy in the second of the... Uh, um, Rushmore's that we've been doing means that they've been around for around about a hundred shows now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still going. Thirty-seven disposters. Shocking. It's better than ever. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go give first. us your first. My, my first one is a cheeky one. Oh. Actually, no, I'll change it up, actually. I'll save that one for later. I'll go for the pit bulls. Just throw it in there. I think they've come into their own in the last 25 episodes. I'm enjoying their work a lot more. I chose the pit bulls. I suppose they're coming. If I agree with you, like, I'll just jump in. Like, yeah, it makes I sense. Thought, I, don't, I don't think they're ever going to be on another list. And <laughs> You say it every time. I do. I do. But I just think the pit bulls, I think their work rate's... Yeah, massively improved, and their promos have improved. They've gone from just a shouty, like, pathetic team. And their matches have improved, their promos yeah. improved, everything's improved, so yeah, pit bulls. I think, I think all of that's really valid. I don't have them on my team because the only thing that 
um, I feel is they haven't been on my TV as much as the names that I have put on my list. Who's, um, who's the first one on your list then? So I'm going to get this out of the way and and have Griff chat shit at me because uh, I think B-L-I-C-E-N-E-M-Y <laughs> Sorry, sorry, just spelling out saying on my phone. Go on. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if you just want to copy and paste from my last four or the three previous to this, the fourth time in a row, I think that I'm going to have the fucking public enemy on my Mount Rushmore. Um, it really is. They've been on every one apart from the first where they weren't around. Yeah. They're on my, they're on my one as well, obviously. Oh, wow. Um, they are not mine. Just uh, stunning that listening to that, listening to the fact that they were on the second um, Rushmore and they still are pretty much every single week they've got a promo, pretty much every single week they've got, you know, building to some huge match, pretty much every single week they're building to some big, you know, heavy uh, headlining, whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about 45 minute shows. We're talking about a show last week that was cut to 33 minutes and they're still on it. They still are ever present and I fucking loathe them. But um, I got to say, I'm enjoying the stuff they're doing with the gangsters. I think the gangsters have brought out some of the more serious stuff in them. Um, And I've, I've, I've find the need to continue to have them on my Mount Rushmore and hate myself for doing it. I hate yourself. It's all right. Right, Griffiths, have you got Public Enemy as well? Who's your third pick? I've already got two more picks. I've already gone. Uh, third pick, I think, because he's just been amazing promos and wrestling is Cactus Jack. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack didn't make my list. Oh, wow. Yeah. That surprises me. Because surprises me, because you love his promos and you love I his... I do love his... I think you are the you know, whilst we're all fans of, of Mrs. Foley's Baby Boy, um, I think you probably are the bigger Cactus Jack fan out of the three of us. So, surprise yeah, me. I, like, I just, I just don't think it's been his strongest twenty-five. I suppose um, he had, he's had bits with Shane Douglas and all that that were good, but it's kind of, I don't know. He's, he feels like he's in a transition period. I think next twenty-five, I reckon he'll be in there, but I don't. So he's on mine as well. Um, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, whilst I, I, I see your point, um, you know, this has been his barbed wire matches with Sandman, his um, heavyweight championship matches, his uh, heel turn and stuff with uh, Raven, his uh, King of the Death matches that coincided with this, the Japanese matches with... Um, uh, no, I can't judge him on stuff I ain't seen. Well, but you would have seen bits of it because they've shown bits of it, and they showed Funk coming out of the the box, uh, coming out from under the blanket. All right, and... all right. I've put him on my list. He's on. You don't, he doesn't have to be. You know, this is the. He's done. He's, done. He's on. He's on. He's on now. All right, you're going to have to tell us who you knocked off at the end of this, though, for him. I'll tell you now if you want. No, build the suspense. Uh, all right. So he'd be disappointed. <laughs> Who's your next pick? Yeah. 
Uh, my next pick is Stevie Richards. Oh. I think I've preferred him to Raven. I think the other week when he ran around the ring to find Francine, maybe chuckle. And I appreciated that. Um, I expect greatness from Raven. I didn't necessarily expect it from Stevie. Therefore, when Stevie does something great, I appreciate it more because I didn't realise his character had such a thing to it. So he's sort of the fanboy, but then he's sort of got his own fangirl and it's sort of, it's worked quite well. And he's been the lead one in the promos, really, with Raven just coming in and saying something deep and meaningful at the end. And yeah, he won tag team titles and I just sort of appreciated him. I just think he's, a, he's had a good little, little little burst. So I'm happy with him. That's fair play. Yeah, so I've got him with Raven. Um, as, a, as a duo. As a team. Okay. Um, you know, as we as we said, tag teams take up one slot, um, and they definitely are a tag team and tag team champions at the moment. But it's funny because um, I it did not occur to me for a second to include Raven without Stevie Richards for pretty much everything you've said there. I mean, I I, I think it was last week we were talking about Raven and Stevie, and you said about would Raven be as big if it wasn't for Stevie Richards? Yeah. Um, and I really don't think he would have been. I don't think it's, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would be comparable. Um, I I think that they are kind of so linked and joined. It's it's you know, it's it's such an iconic kind of pairing uh, in this show. It's it's incredible kind of seeing it as as it goes through. And you know, it's it, I think it's up there with um, a lot of those real kind of you know, names and teams that you put together and, and really would kind of hold the same spot. So, um, uh, you know, Raven and Stevie have been uh, everywhere over the TV for the last however long. Um, you know, Raven's been involved in, I think he's on his third incarnation of his nest. Yeah. Um, yes, he had uh, Hitman and Hot Body, you then had um, the Pitbulls, and now you've got the Dudleys and Cactus. Um, you know he's he's having the same match in essence with with Tommy Dreamer, but still manages to keep it fresh and, and going back and over and over again. Um, and all of that, I think, is made just so much better by uh, you know by by. Um, by Stevie, you know they've they've managed to introduce View Love. They've managed to introduce Francine now. They've managed to introduce the style, the, the the Dudleys now. It's kind of they're they're becoming that conduit of, you know, if you want to get people in, you do it through them. Um, but if it wasn't for Stevie, then and, and you know even his build up before Raven walked in and Stevie Flamingo and Stevie the Body and Stevie everything else, um, I don't know if it would have really kind of worked in the same sort of way uh so um yeah for me it's raven and stevie jesus that's one way to get your point across <laughs> <laughs> well i needed to show that i wanted to add raven on my list for a good reason and not just because i said i would last rush <laughs> griffin we have a damn good reason for your number four it's not going on i think my damn good reason is 
he's influenced, I think, mainly the last 25 episodes. And I think that's Bill Alfonso. He was on oh, my list, but he I just think, got dropped off. Oh, you've axed him. I just well, think okay. you can't talk about these last 25 episodes without him absolutely just yeah. influencing some of the matches and just key storylines. Yeah. He just, he, he picked it ahead of like, the, obviously Eddie Guerrero's and stuff like that. I just, yeah. stuff. On you, could, you could argue he's been the top heel. Sort yes, of, mate, massively. With proper like, sort of fuck you heat. Yeah, he was he was the one that I just took off for um, Cactus Jack, but he was on my list originally. You sold out. Yeah, dude, I cashed in, baby. That was I. I, I it didn't occur to me, um, and I don't remember which one he came in, but you know he has been pivotal in in ECW for the last however many episodes. Um, yeah, it didn't occur to me, but that's a really good shout. Is um yeah, my last one is two people. They aren't a tag team, but you can't have one without the other because the reason that you put one in would be the other. So basically it is D slash Eddie. They're not a tag team, but it's a feud then. Well my thing is if I put Dean in, it'd be because of his matches with Eddie. And if I put Eddie in, it'd be because of his matches with Dean. So to me, the only reason they've worked in the last 25 episodes is because they've been fighting each other every week. So collectively, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. That's, again, that's a really, that's a really interesting one. That's a really good shout. I, I, it hadn't occurred to me. I hadn't thought about it. And I think part of that's because of, as you said, you know, it would be one or the other, and I couldn't quite choose. Yeah, it's um, cheeky, but I, I feel it like... Could, it could influence future Mount Rushmore's. I think it's fair game. If there's a situation like that where someone... Yeah. You've got to say it's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> it's his game, damn it. Where's your swooping attack come from? He just made the rules. I am the rules. Exactly, you just changed the rules. I so. feel like they make so the rules. in the future. I put him in this feuds, predicament. Feuds, feuds can be. We so can maybe that's, that's that's how Jay gets away with putting the public enemy because technically Jay would have gone with the public enemy and the gangsters. No, not for all twenty-five. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would use it as an example. That. Yes, no, no. I, I, but you, what I might have done is Stevie and. Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more so. But yeah, uh, but it, that for the weird bit for that is that that kind of fourth point would be odd, I think. Um, but Raven and that have also won the tag team titles from the Pitbulls, so their last time isn't purely based on. No, and and they've kind of split and started going in different ways, but. Um, even Taz, like, breaking his neck was Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Yeah. In a dream partner match. Yeah. Everything circled around them. So, yeah, yeah it just... To the point where they've they... had their own show, in essence, just yeah. to, to blow off that feud. 
So I don't know if it's um, if that ever happened. And then he put the triple threat in, and then he put because obviously they were very pivotal the last twenty five episodes. Do you remember that one episode? They all had the belts together. Exactly. And I think they're the only people that were on TV more than the public enemy. Wasn't that the episode episodes. before they won the belts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean yeah. Malenko wouldn't shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I think this is the only stable that I've never seen have a group entrance ever. No. The most just... dominant force that you've never actually seen together. Yeah. Just feel like that was their downfall. Mike Giannetti nearly made the list just for that one time he popped out the locker room from the triple threat. Oh, I can't and get then... there tonight, but you tell Sabu that I'm coming down to see him, and when I get there, I'm going to take him out. And then he had the Monday Night Raw t-shirt that um, the franchise wore. Yeah. I think, yeah. That, mate, now Mike Rushmore could be anything. I can't wait for 150. <laughs> um, so, uh, the line's line been drawn. You got anyone left or have you done your lot? So mine, my last one, I was so confident of before we've talked about Dean and Eddie and and um, uh, and Villafonso because they're all huge shouts. But I, I I went a little bit more obvious and I went for the you know the Minnie and Mickey of uh, of um, ECW with Sam Man and Woman. Oh. He nearly um, missed out. He nearly missed out on anyone's uh, lists. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, he's had an incredible, incredible run. Yeah. Three fair he has. Yeah, he beat he won the world title, beat Shane Douglas, had amazing matches with Cactus Jack, had some funny promos, and now sort of beating up Mikey. And you know, just uh, killing himself with with the ridiculous matches he's been doing in Florida. Um, yeah. I mean, Florida's all seen a lot of his blood. Mm. All places. I think uh, they're all just, uh, pretty stellar lists. Any predictions for 150? Um, Paul... Predicts Griff says something stupid <laughs> James predicts that Griff's one of Griff's choice includes 16 people <laughs> because they've all been involved in some weird long feud so that he's managed to come get into one pick uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction and that is going to be that the public enemy won't be on anyone's lists I like, I like that prediction. Is that because you've you've now finished your DVD box set? And you know, <coughs> I've I've still got a couple discs left, but I just think oh, they can't be more consistent. I know they must be pissing off soon. Um, I'm going to predict. I'm predicting Tears. Oh, that's a good shout. Mm. Uh, I'm going to. I, I think I'm going to predict Dudley's. Oh. oh. Took 25 episodes to fucking sort themselves out. I think we've got Ray Mysterio psychosis coming. I think they're adding a, a stuttering guy fairly soon. <gasps> Booyaka. Um, oh. Yeah, so my list 
Dean versus Eddie, Stevie Richards, Pitbulls, Cactus Jack, Jay-Z's Public Enemy, again, Cactus Jack, Stevie again. and Raven, Sandman and Woman. So Cactus Jack is the only single person. And 75% of that is the same Rushmore as last time. Griff's is the Pitbulls, Public Enemy, Cactus Jack and JT Smith. No, Bill Alfonso. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that brings us to the end of my portion of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, check us out at underscore sports arena out of on Twitter and Instagram. If you wish to buy a shirt on zazzle.co.uk or .com, go over there, search for sports arena, check us out. They're the shirts that look like our logo. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Been emotional. See you on the flip side. It's uh, time to challenge and charge Griff with a performance, a, a spoken word performance of a song or speech or something that has uh, in, come to me as inspiration in the shows that we've had. Um, and I was discombobulated. I was confused. I was um, punch drunk. I was um, just thrown through a loop. Uh, by our time jump for three years and seeing everything that looked ever so slightly familiar but completely different at the same time. Um, and I thank WWE for making this error that allowed me to to have this little window into the future of everything we've got coming up. Um, and uh, whilst so much of it was exactly the same and so much of it was stuff that we are familiar with, it all felt like a whole new world so here with that very song is Griff. I can show you the world shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess. Yes. Now, when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes, take your wonder by wonder, over sideways and under. On a magic carpet ride. A whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no. Or where to go. Or say we're only dreaming. A whole new world. A dazzling place I never knew. But then I'm way up here. It's crystal clear. That now I'm a whole new world with you now I'm a whole new world with, with you bang bang <laughs> bye <laughs>